you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL Podcast will never die <laughs> welcome back to another edition of the around the nfl podcast my name is dan hansis and i am joined by a room filled with heroes and i mean it mark sessler chris wessling and greg rosenthal what's up boys hey dan all right happy wednesday to everybody uh oh wes did I was just going through my tweets for a, a little exercise that we're going to do in a, a few minutes, uh, but I did tweet yesterday on the on on the conversation of all our dad rock talk on Wednesday show that I overheard someone in the newsroom uh, got engaged at a third eye blind third eye blind concert, <laughs> and then two smart Alex I'll call them replied was it Wes congrats, or congrats to Wes. Wes and you replied one word blocked. I'm legitimately curious. Did you actually block those people? No, I was just having fun oh, okay. with them. I did not block them. I, I understood that they were only having fun with me. Sometimes you just got to let people pick on you. Okay. All right. That, I, I was cur- like a legitimately curious if how, how deep your blocking, um, you know, vengeance goes. Well, I think it'd be fair if you found out someone that you follow got engaged at a Third Eye Blind concert. That is worthy of blocking them. I agree with that. Mm. Yeah. Got engaged during the current arc incarnation of Third Eye Blind, or way back in like 1997. That would have been the. Low- I can say this because I don't know who this is. So a recent engagement. Getting uh, out blindly. Third Eye Blind has a weird career arc that they are kind of a one album wonder from 1998, but then they caught another wave of popularity, especially with younger people, to the fact point where they're selling out the Hollywood Bowl. Currently, Good it's a very them. strange situation with Third Eye. I mean, our show could take the same exact trajectory that'd be cool um on the subject of all our dad rock um conversation and chance the rapper mark which gives us our bona fides you know we're cool too 
I listened. I listened. I told, hey, I told you that I would instead of just critiquing him on the last yes. show, which was a little bit you know premature. I went and listened to quite a bit of his library or some of it, <laughs> and four songs, probably five songs. Like him a lot. Chance. All right. Hey, here's some tweets. People have their own opinions. Okay. Uh, Sam Shepard tweets: Aaron Rodgers equals Oasis. Came out huge with everyone waiting for the follow-up, but can't get over fighting with family members. It's a, it's a terrible, Ooh. terrible comparison. This is I, Sam I mean, Aaron Rodgers had the best season, you know, maybe any quarterbacks had years after uh, his first Super Bowl. Oh, win a title. Isn't Sam Shepard the one-armed man? Sam Shepard, the actor slash playwright? Is that, is a, that a fugitive joke? Yeah. I think I th- Wasn't that his name, Sam Shepard? Uh, maybe, because it did ring a bell there. I think Harrison Ford, I don't know the television show. That's probably what you grew up with. Based on uh, one of the great true crime stories of American history. The Fugitive is my favorite movie of the 90s other than Shawshank Redemption. I love The Fugitive. What a movie. Tommy Lee Jones, Harrison Ford. I've never seen The Fugitive. Really? got to check that out. Please see it. And Tropic Thunder. I still have the DVD in my drawer waiting for you to borrow it. Remember, Greg was born as a 30-something about <laughs> 32 years, years old. Ago, so. Came out of the birth canal, a fully formed 32-year-old man. So why would he have seen The Fugitive? It makes the five o'clock shadow. Even, this doesn't even make any sense. What, like, I, I've seen just as many movies. Give me a break. Here's another one. Uh, Eli is Jacob Dylan. Two hits and a lot of credit for it, but his last, a lot of credit for his last name. This mm. doesn't make Peyton Bob. Okay. Lousy Husband is the name of that Twitter handle. That's pretty good. Yeah. Andy Georgian uh, writes, Joe Flacco is Limp Biscuit. Tough to believe it ever happened. It's <laughs> fair. Andy has another one. Might be a music fan. He's from Ohio. Steve Young is Fish. Wild improv, but living in a much better shadow. Mm. Montana slash Huey Lewis. <laughs> Wait, they, Huey he's, Lewis. he's in the Huey Lewis. I think he was knocking down to some degree the idea that Steve Young was the Grateful Dead, that he would have been. Right, right, right. To, yeah, it makes sense. The Huey Le- Lewis bit. I don't get was, that part. Well, I know. I think they were friends, actually. All right. All right. Anyway, uh, Andy, again, Tom, uh, Troy Aikman and the triplets are Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Talent, but nothing without the whole package. I disagree on that. Tom Petty had some very big moments as a solo artist as well, even with some help from outside Heartbreakers. Uh, let's see. She's also in the Traveling Wilburys. Yes. Uh, CB uh, at Corey Bach. Tom Brady is Kanye. Both loved and hated, but no doubt the greatest. Mm. I like that. This is I a- don't know about no doubt there, but I like that his, you know, what people think of Kanye and Brady tends to change every two or three years. Yes. He can be hated. He can be loved. He can be all sorts. of. I'm things. content with Tom Brady as the Beatles. The Romantic Jaguar at Jack Payne 93. Eli Manning equals Janet Jackson. Now, I like that, which makes Peyton Michael. We'll talk give, me a, th- give me a break. That's Janet Jackson's much- way better than Eli Manning. Yeah. <laughs> Janet, Janet Jackson stands on her own for some great, for some great albums. Yeah, unlike Eli. Yeah. Cannot stand on his own. Right. 15-yard year NFL starter, franchise quarterback with two Super Bowl MVPs. Can't average, stand on his own. Average quarterback for 15 years. One one day, guys, you'll you'll come around on this. One, We're Josh Clark. Out of time. Sanchez equals Spinal Tap. A lot of laughs, but not a real QB. So <laughs> we're having fun. <laughs> that was my favorite. Uh, Alex Ray. I think Eli is Coldplay. If Peyton is mm. U two, wants to be U two, but isn't that's fair? Uh, uh, Tom Savage comp is the Wonders. 
Uh, that's Tom that, Savage is real. That thing you do, the uh, Tom Hanks directed picture. I love that movie. Yeah, great movie. Came out of nowhere to popularity, not real. <laughs> so fun, a fun little exercise. Uh, and um, finally, Bill Goodell writes, you can check Dad Rock Podcast off the list. Don't need to do it because we already did. Thanks, Bill Goodell. All right, today's show, which of course is it's sponsored, which it is I mean, certainly can, not. You guys think that's Roger's uh, brother? Should be would be worried about his older brother Bill uh, hmm. not happy with their podcast. I don't think the older brother has any concept the show exists. Um, Nor does the younger brother. Let's keep an eye on this Twitter handle though, just in case. <laughs> the Around the NFL podcast is driven by Hyundai, which rhymes with Sunday. And on today's show, uh, we will have uh, uh, some news to get to. Uh, we are what? What are we, two weeks away from the draft now? That's correct. Two weeks and a day. April 27th to 29th in Philadelphia. And this year, it's outdoors. Sell it, baby. Don't pretend like yeah, you Wes. care at all, Wes. Sell it, baby. It could be 28 degrees. It could be it's 62 true. degrees. You never know. Vest that pension, Wes. Oh, yeah. No, but it it's <laughs> – it's a fair point by Wes because normally, peop, you know, you're just it's just names being written off a card. But this time it's names being written off a card Out- outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they've done it outdoors before, but not all, no, not the entire rounds. draft. One hundred percent, bruh. Outdoors right. should be sponsored by Patagonia. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and on the on the subject of the first ever all outdoor draft, you know, it could rain. By the way, I don't want to throw it out there, but there's a little. It's like having a wedding. It's a little sexy. It's a little sexy. There's a little risk involved. Late April in Philadelphia, that that could be anything. A little bit of a wild card. We are uh, the first to tell you that we might uh, not present ourselves or believe ourselves to be draft experts, but now we're starting to we're all starting to plug in a little bit because it's becoming a part of our world. Uh, very quickly, so we're going to talk about what are the draft fits that we want to see as fans of NFL football after coming off a uh, 2016 season, you know, have a good kind of handle on and what those teams maybe were lacking last year, what's happened in free agency, have, have holes been filled, what's been addressed, what hasn't been. What do you want to see? Mark, I think you got opinions on this one, and I'm looking forward to it. I have one. <laughs> A single opinion, but a strong one. Correct. They won't say you're on the fence after this opinion is shared. Nope. Yes no. That's a tease, baby. <laughs> uh, and if we have time, we'll have a we'll have a guest swing by. So uh, that's Wednesday's show, and let's get to the news. Wonderful Lacid. It's all the news that's fit to make up. That's fair. That was Andrew Siciliano uh, speaking to us during one of our one of our NFL Network hits. Uh, Greg, you want to tell the people about uh, our NFL Network? Um, well, it's duties. Been, we've been on daily this week on Up to the Minute Live, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We're usually on about 5:40 to 5:50 or so. Is one? I, I mean, if you time. literally, if you got up. To get an orange and even started peeling it, you'd miss it. So you have to be oh. locked into oh. the chair. It's about two min- two and a half minutes long. Um, all right, let's. Oh, Kevin Patcher wrote it in his lead for this w- uh, story we're about to talk about. So we might as well uh, heed his call. Sound the trope alarm, Lasid. Trope alert. 
Every year, there's some team or some player on a team that starts popping off about the Patriots. This week, it's Miami Dolphins wide receiver Jarvis Landry, uh, who told a crowd in London this week that the Miami Dolphins will sweep the New England Patriots in the 2017 regular season. Every division uh, in division, you play each other twice Two wins, home and away, coming for the Dolphins over the Pats. He then expanded on those comments to Peter King. Here's his quote. If you're a competitor, that's the way you should feel, and I don't mind saying it. It's time for a change. I have all the respect in the world for the Patriots, and I respect Tom Brady tremendously, but they're not our big brother anymore. Let's dissect that, starting with the man that resides on the throne of ease, Greg Rosenthal. I mean, it's the right attitude. It doesn't really mean anything. Rex Ryan thought talking in public like we're not afraid of those big bad bullies was going to make Kiss a, the ring. a difference. I did like the fact, though, when Landry said Coach Gase flipped the switch with us. New England's won the division 14 of the last 16 years. It's ridiculous. It's a problem. I kind of like that Coach Gase, Coach Adam Gase is bringing this up to the, the Dolphins. Don't, you know, don't hide from it, that this is ridiculous. We can't just ignore it. We need to do something about it. I mean, I get it. Your quarterback isn't much of a leader. He doesn't say much. So you've got to take the bull by the horn. As a coach, you mean? Or Landry? Ryan Tannehill is not much of a leader for the Dolphins, so I get that Jarvis Landry is stepping into that vacuum Got it. and getting everyone to kind of get on the same page with Adam Gase that this is the tone we're setting. But give me a break. The Dolphins are always April's champions. And then let, let's hear Jarvis Landry say the same thing the week before he plays the Patriots. I agree with that. And, though, I mean, there is there has been positive buzz from Dolphins players toward Adam Gase from the minute he got there. And – Last year, I think, at least showed that of the rest of the teams in that ridiculous division, the Dolphins are one step ahead of the Bills and the Jets, if not many more steps, towards challenging New England. But when you finish your opening quote with, but they're not our big brother anymore, how about you go sweep them, and then the next season you go sweep them again, and then you do it a third time, then you talk about who the big brother is. Win a Super Bowl, too. Good for you! What <laughs> a Super Bowl! Too, I mean, that's you know? it's it's also it's it lack. I'm I'm fine to be a competitor. We get what you're saying with that part of it. You're thinking one way, but you know this is going to be rattled around a slow April period. Make headlines everywhere. What is the point of it? I I actually don't have a big problem with the quote till the part that that got on your radar, Mark. The Big Brother line. You're certainly little brother, just like every other team in the division is. Until you're not even siblings. Changes, yeah. Right. You're, you're the little kid cousins. down the block who's not good at football. Exactly. And 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 that's where I got on my radar. I will. I mean, that's what I've been calling for for a year and a half now. Hashtag Save Football. It is indeed time for a change. But I don't know if the Dolphins are the team to make that happen. I mean, ironically, the Dolphins have given the Patriots more trouble over Bill Belichick's run than any team in terms of head-to-head matchups. They don't win the division, but they split with him three straight years. You know, Joe Philbin split with him three straight years. So this is a team that going down to Miami has given them a little trouble over the years. And I think what Landry said is true about some teams. He said sometimes we focus on the guys on the other side of the line instead of just focusing on us. And we've heard that, that coaches especially sometimes get a little crazy when they play Belichick. They try to outsmart But wait, them. we were just giving them yeah. credit for saying they <laughs> they're focusing over on the, New England. They're obsessing over the Patriots. That's a good point. The very fact that you're calling them your big – you don't hear the Patriots talk. The Patriots are Dan's uh, Draper scene. They don't yeah. think about the Dolphins at all. Yeah, let's hear Don actually. I don't think about you at all. And Greg, you know what? That's not fair. You what? can't even give me that. 
the Jets went into Foxborough in a playoff game and beat your Patriots. At least give me – and they almost always play them tight. The Jets at least have put up a fight against the Patriots. Absolutely, but it's a fact that Miami Dolphins has won. Nod. If you if you go look, the Miami has won more games against Bill Belichick and a higher winning percentage than any team in the division by far. But we got to play. They beat game. him a lot for whatever reason. It's just it's happened that way. And by the way, Rex Ryan said the we didn't come here. You got a playoff win. That's pretty good against a number one seed. That's pretty great. That's what I mean. Fourteen and two. That's Brady fair. was the MVP. Nearly a decade ago at this point. A long time ago. <laughs> um. January 2009 was when Rex Ryan made the kiss the rings comment. Uh, so it is now April 2017, and there's still jabronis making these type of comments for the Patriots. And in 2009, the Patriots had been dominant for a decade. <laughs> Enough. He's right. I mean, it is funny because since Enough. he's made that comment, the Patriots have not lost the division once. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the Dolphins, a former Dolphin is Deion Jordan, one of the great draft busts in the history of the franchise. Uh, he is heading back to the Pacific Northwest, trying to get a fresh start here. Uh, the former number three overall pick agreed to terms on Tuesday with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, rap sheet reported USA Today had it first. Uh, Jordan was waived by the uh, uh, Miami Dow. What, what's a fortnight? It's like two weeks. Two weeks. Days. Only used actually now in reference to Wimbledon. That's like the only time people ever use the word Fortnite, I feel. Patra, I, sp I spent like 13 years Fortnite. thinking it was 10 days. Patra is a major grinder uh, for the NFL.com team. Uh, he used Fortnite in this post. It's one of Patra's totally go-to words. Yeah. Anyway, so Deion Jordan, uh, Wes, starts over in Seattle. Is he going to be on the team in week one? I don't know. Like, we were in a meeting, and Greg said they're planning on starting him. Give me a break. No, I said he has a chance to take <laughs> the Bruce Irvin job. That's, like, how break. they see him, which makes sense. He's kind of that Give me a break. Let's see if he can actually get through training camp before we say he has a chance to start. I don't think that roster composition by way of getting as many players from the 2013 draft is really a great idea. Well, that is what interested me about this and – he could fit in that role. If someone can get some defensive talent out of him, it would be Pete Carroll. But that they have Luke Jokel, huge bust that now at left tackle, making a lot of money, who is the number two pick. And Arthur Brown, a second-round pick of the Ravens, who had a lot of hype, he's on the Seahawks now. And Eddie Lacy, of course, I, now with it, the Seahawks. It, it was very tiresome when the Deion Jordan thing happened, and I just essentially turned off Twitter for like eight or nine hours in a row on these April workdays, but there was this bubbling up of what a high-value job by the Seahawks to no. get Deion Jordan. What are you talking about? I mean, the guy had, was an absolute headache and a minus for the Dolphins. It's one of these players that you're essentially rehabbing from the neck up the or the neck down the entire time he's in your organization, and maybe it does work out for Seattle, but there's no known quantity at all here. I mean, it's a you, ghost. If it, if you're if you're rehabbing them from the neck up and the neck down, that well, pretty, it's that absolutely it's absolutely true. <laughs> that you're, covers the whole you're thing. You're dealing because you're dealing with on the field issues and you're dealing with off the field issues. It's the whole. It's the it's the, it's it's the full Monty. Like the middle of his neck. That part's they're fine. They're not touching. They love parts fine. Like the <laughs> esophagus and then the circumference of the neck before you get to the base of the skull and then the the clavicle. <laughs> they they love that part. That part's good. That probably is what got him this job. Moving on, Doug Martin. Hey, this is interesting. Um, at the NFL scouting combine early last month, general manager Jason Lick. Light. Dirt, light. Oh, excuse me. I like Lick. <laughs> why, why does it just go Lick? <laughs> save, save that for a sound drop, Sydney. 
um, Jason Light, excuse me, and uh, Dirk Cutter, uh, they did not say, hey, we can't wait to have Doug Martin part of our team. Uh, that is not what we heard coming out of Indy. He seemed to be very much up in the air. Martin, of course, uh, who's suspended, went to rehab. Uh, but it sounds like a second chance is coming. Chris Wessling, the veteran, run- veteran running back, expected to rejoin teammates for the start of offseason workouts next Monday. Rap Sheet reported via a source close to the situation. Um, Wes, your thoughts on this, and uh, are you happy to see this? you think this is something that could be salvaged? Well, we've been wondering for four months whether he was even going to be on a team. When he got suspended, the guaranteed portion of the five-year, $36 million contract he signed last March was nullified. So the Bucks could just easily cut ties with him. Instead, they've kept him along. I texted Rap Sheet about this. Humble brag. He told me Martin is doing amazing. Name drop. He also said that, that they – Doug Martin at this point is low. He's a low risk. He's not going to burn a roster spot because he's suspended, so they can keep him on the roster. And worst case scenario, you draft another running back early in the draft, and Doug Martin helps out in the backfield. Best case scenario, he really comes through all of this with flying colors, stays committed, and you saddle him up, and maybe he does what he did in 2015. This is one of the more bizarre running back careers of late. Two 1,400-yard-plus seasons in three seasons – under 500 because of injuries and again because of off the field stuff. It's all he's all over the map. Well, it it sounds like, and we didn't know this about Doug Martin, but when this suspension for PEDs, but then there was also a substance abuse element where he went to rehab came up. There was a lot of like, oh yeah, everyone kind of you know behind the scenes knew that Doug Martin had some questions of motivation and struggles perhaps with with substance abuse so who knows it it makes sense to give him a shot but he's also due seven million dollars so even if he if he's going to make the team uh he better i mean he has to look incredible to get that money you would think that they would redo his deal at some point even if he does look good but i think he's got to prove to them that he that he's worth doing that for uh moving on mark we're gonna duck in to the end round see what's going on over there is that cool with you? Let's find out. That's on the fence. That's that on is, the fence. That is. Well, I know where these things usually take us. What does that mean? There's a particular sound drop that I despise. <laughs> and it's probably... <laughs> yeah. All right. I had nothing this to do This invariably will be about something I mean, that you've done. Let's see how this goes. You really just walked right into that. I, I did. That was not a good job on my part. That, I have Terrible no job. reporting today. There's nothing to break. Well, that doesn't no, surprise you, me. No, but I'm saying, like, <laughs> you walked. You set that up yourself. <laughs> Again, I'm not proud that that happened. That, just, that, that went very poorly. <laughs> a lot of jealousy about the insider. It's something you can all do. It's just a matter of. I'm waiting you to wanna... see an insider. I'm, pr- I'm proud of you, Dan. Were you? Were you? you? Oh, Wes. I was, was reading. That, Wes, the, that was ridiculous. I was reading the big Tom Brady jersey story in the MMQB, and they've got Dan Hansis in there. Well, Thank I was going to say, are you. you a little worried that they came out with this huge, detailed, long-form, you know, breaking some new stuff on your story? Supposedly um, your story. What do you mean, Supposedly. <laughs> well, they're the ones that are coming out with the long. If you got mentioned right in it, I think that's. Yeah. I, I, now yeah. I'm sticking up for you. I think you're obviously embedded in the yeah. story. Let's try. Like they had little, <laughs> they had little tidbits. Like the guy who stole the jersey is a huge NFL fan who recently purchased. They went through his purchases a Mark Sanchez 
Jets uh, replica jersey. No, he's <laughs> so wasn't he that sold. It? sold. I believe he sold it to <laughs> the dude. Blue. This guy yeah. isn't into buying jerseys, Greg. Yeah. The story is he sold uh, that a, jer- a Sanchez replica jersey, signed jersey, actually a game used jersey, I think, to this dude in Mexico. Oh yeah. And then they were going back and forth, and the dude's like, "I, by the way, if you're interested, Mister Harry Patriot fan, uh, I have Tom Brady's Super Bowl Forty Nine jersey." Uh, and then this guy put it together. He's like, "Wait," because it had come out later that the Forty Nine jersey was missing. Uh, I guess at once it came to light that that was also stolen. This guy put it together, and he contacted the FBI. It's a crazy story. Good job by him. Good job by Klemko. Mm. How much money is a Mark Sanchez jersey commanding on the <laughs> black market? No, right very now. strange purchase. But he – well, you got to get well, – Mark Sanchez has Mexican heritage. I get that. Maybe that's why. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Tom Brady has the number one selling jersey still. I don't – I saw that on what? your Instagram. I, I, I agree with you. That was a ridiculous top 25 what list. What are we but. doing here? If you have – if you're a Patriots fan and the type of Patriots fans that buys merch, you have to already have multiple Tom Brady jerseys or at it, least one. Yeah, but when your team has been good for 20-something years, there are now a fresh round of four, That's five, insane. six, and seven-year-olds that don't have football kids, jerseys. A lot of kids. Just wait till the grandkids of the people buying jerseys now are still buying them because Tom Brady's still in his prime in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just saying, it's it's surprising to me. They're picking up They're picking up even more bandwagon yeah, kind of national fans. I get why it's frustrating to you. I mean, it should be frustrating to everybody. It just is. Just, it's just so. I mean, it's so tired. This whole thing is tired. This page. Gronk is number five on the list. Here is the here is the top five. Tom Brady, and then back to back Cowboys, which should never be surprising, but especially this year. And I would have thought one of these guys would have been number one. Ezekiel Elliott, then Dak Prescott, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., who we'll get to a little bit more in a second, and then Gronk at number five. And um, some fun facts about the jerseys. Everybody likes fun facts, right? Fun facts are fun. That's what they call them, fun facts. Buying time over here. You're you're <laughs> going to provide some. No, no one's helping you out. No. Good job, guys. Um, here we go. You still have an opportunity. Anybody could say anything they want right now about football or life while I'm looking for something. I would, I would not purchase a jersey right now if someone were to give it to me for $5. Yeah, neither. Well... No because interest. You can, you can I would assume Wes would not either. Well, if I could get a jersey for five bucks and I knew someone, someone I, would probably want. Minus the regifting aspect. I don't want to say anything bad about my employer, but no, I, <laughs> I'm not carrying much respect for grown men walking around with jerseys. Yeah, we, it does. It, it starts to look a little strange. I don't want to s on anybody that listens to the podcast that's an adult that wears the jersey, but not everybody pulls it off, and some people pull it. I mean, off I get it. You you, you only wear it going to the game. That's that's. I think that's fine. That's fine. I am fine with that at the stadium and stuff. Sure, I just, but don't wear I, it I don't to like wanna... a christening. You know what I mean? Like especially there. You know, don't wear it. Oh, you're going out to the bar with your buddies, and you're not going to watch the game. It's like May, and you're going to watch the Cubs. You know, don't wear your Alshon Jeffrey jersey to the bar. <laughs> Even if your name's Jeffrey. Yeah. Plus, your Alshon Jeffrey jersey really has no use anymore in Chicago. Right. Don't show up with your Tony Romo Mavericks jersey. <laughs> By the way, those – want to talk about uh, cash grabs. Those were sold for like $100 at the Dallas Mavericks arena for that, that, that whole situation on Tuesday where he sat on the bench. 
sold out every Romo related uh, uh, merch there. Everything sold. Mark Cuban knows was how a good to idea. make money. Was a good idea. Anyway, three Patriots in the total in the top twenty-five. Brady Gronk, as I told you, Julian Edelman uh, came in, I think, at fifteen, which is pretty crazy too. But uh, and zero representatives from the other three uh, AFC East teams. <laughs> you could. It's uh, pretty accurate summation of the state of that division. Uh, defense may win championships. It's not really true. Uh, offense drives commerce. Only four of the top 25 top jersey sellers play defense. None in the top 10. Von Miller at 11 was the highest. And a shout-out to J.J. Watt, who gives some heat around here. Uh, but hanging in the top 25, despite basically not playing last year, uh, that's, that's pretty good. I want to throw some shade at three states in the union. Okay? <laughs> All right. Brady. The original union or – the, let's just yeah the the entire union. Okay. This, this is the state of the union address on jerseys. Uh, more Brady fun. He he was a top seller in all the New England states. Makes sense. Uh, but he also finished first in Nevada, Utah, Hawaii, Michigan, Illinois, and Florida. Hmm. Okay, those first three states they don't have an NFL team. At least none of them do yet. But uh, the last three, Michigan. Okay, Michigan he went, he went there. Blah blah blah. Uh, but Illinois and and Florida. Guys, Florida, a lot of transplants. Come on, come back to me. That's a little True. embarrassing. You got three got two teams. You got three, three NFL teams. Florida, Florida. Have Florida. you seen those three teams lately? How is Florida? Grandparents buying their grandchildren online sales from Florida are simply gifts going somewhere else in the country. Patriots jerseys for kids somewhere you, else. Is that how this works? Snowbird that, factor. Well, it's not. It's not. It's not necessarily. It's just store bought. I think it's where, like, if you, I would, I would, I would, I'm not, I'm not involved in this industry, but like where you're, you know. Your computer's coming out of what city, what town, what region? That would be sales for Florida, not some other state. Yeah. Looking for the next, uh, the next face of the NFL. Keep an eye on Dak Prescott, who had the best-selling jersey in nine states, including Maryland and Tennessee. How about that? But there's a bunch of there's a bunch of people out there that aren't fans of a certain team at all. They just love a player and they love the Cowboys colors. Raiders jerseys have sold uniformly across the country for years, and it's not all because of these people are hardcore Raiders fans. Uh, moving on. One other uh, end-around tidbit. Odell Beckham uh, sent out an Instagram on Wednesday uh, of a new tattoo. It covers basically from above, just above his ankle, his right ankle, all the way up to right beneath his knee, so the entire span of his calf. Uh, a large, um, uh, exquisitely... Uh, rendered uh, of mm. Michael Jackson. Uh, I'm looking. It looks like Michael Jackson, circa 1984 range around the Thriller album, uh, with the with a comment tatted on me, but that ish is deeper than the surface. Now I have a theory on this, but Mark, I'll start with you. What do you think Odell Beckham means when he writes tatted on me, but that ish is deeper than the surface? Well, I was saying the image is on my skin, but my feelings for Michael Jackson since I was very young, they come from he's affected my heart. I love Michael Jackson. Odell Beckham is saying. That's true. That's pretty good. That's very good. I'll, and that's kind of what I wrote about. There's I'll, an ego factor at work here, too. Go on, Wes. No doubt. Well, he sees a lot of similarities between himself. He identifies right. with Michael Jackson. Yeah, that, and that's that's what I hit at, that. He sees a lot of himself. He was a you know a once in a generation talent, universally praised for his gifts, but relentlessly scrutinized by the public and press. That checks checks out. 
Uh, on a lower level, though, Michael Jackson was one of the most famous people in the entire world. Right. Yeah. Maybe well, the most famous person in the world. Uh, Beckham can exhibit odd behavior at times and feels that he's misunderstood. Unlike Jackson Michael Jackson. Certainly was that way. Uh, and, you know, I get it. The guy that has it all. Jackson obviously had some he sees He sees a different man in the mirror. He sees Michael Jackson. It's just it's people. Well will, done, Mark. Yeah, that was very nicely done. People will. Oh, by the way. Let's hear some Michael Jackson music. Let's do it. <laughs> right now, if you are, and there are some kids out there listening to the show, MJ hasn't had a number one hit in 21 years. I looked at 22 years, wow. almost eight years since his death. So you might not even be familiar with the king of pop. Here is Michael Jackson or a, a facsimile of Michael Jackson. Let's hear it. I'd like to know if I could make it up. Turn this up, please. Ah. See, he was just a master of the groove, but also you could hear that vocal acrobatics. It's like a facsimile of Keith Sweat or something. All right. A lot of lovemaking going on that was after <laughs> listening to that. Greg, you know they no have, the, Greg, no they have that whole Super Bowl Babies commercial. No They're going to have the Around the NFL podcast April 12th episode commercial. Nobody was asking for that analysis. <laughs> that was a turn back the clock to, what was it, Seduction Fridays? Yeah, I remember Seduction Fridays. I don't remember what our Stitcher looks like, though. <laughs> um, and that's it. And finally in the news, Jeff Cumberland. Cumby. Cumby, my boy. He signed a deal, uh, I believe, with the Chargers. They brought him back. Resigns yeah. with the Chargers. Blew his Achilles last year. Last time he was in the news, the former Jets tight end was getting booed at the Staples Center shortly after the uh, Chargers announced their move to Los Angeles. <laughs> it's been believe, a rough ride. I believe at a Kings game or something really strange. Maybe it was Clippers, but very strange. Yeah. Come be so. one of your one of your all-time favorites. That's why he makes the show. Yeah, he would not make the show. Great guy. Too. He was a a rigidly and this will tie back into something later on in the show today. A rigidly uh middling tight end, but he occasionally made a play and frankly probably was the most productive tight end the Jets have had in 5 years or at least since Dustin Keller uh went bye-bye. And that is a dark, dark situation. That's what's happening in the news. All right, here we go. Let's talk about, well, you know what we're going to talk about. I'm going to talk about how we can elevate your underwear game to the next level. You know what I'm saying, Sid? Play some of that music. With MeUndies. What is MeUndies? Oh, just seriously soft, feel good. <laughs> what is the, uh, uh, what is the guy, um, Orson Welles. <laughs> oh, do we still have that? Ah, uh, the French champagne. <laughs> you don't? Okay. <laughs> oh, just seriously soft, feel-good undies delivered right to your door. Me undies are designed in L.A. and made from s- sustainably sourced micro... Modal. A fabric three times softer than cotton. MeUndies softer than soft lugs. Undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns so you can tailor your undies to your own personal style. And guess what? What? You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. And if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save. That's because MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL... MeUndies.com slash 
NFL 2017 and get 20% off your first pair. So go ahead, revamp your underwear drawer. You deserve it. Once again, that's MeUndies.com slash NFL 2017. MeUndies.com slash NFL 2017. Still not an individualized Hmm. offer code. 102 take two. Ah, the French champagne. Uh, all right. I think we got to get some of that MJ Light music underneath that commercial. That feels a little more. Planning to wear my underwear. MeUndies for the uh, video show tomorrow. Not what? not with nothing else on, but I'm nice. saying underneath the rest of my work clothes. Also, they're doing a um, a photo shoot for the podcast tomorrow. So everybody, <clears throat> Wes, you might want to put the flannel away tomorrow because this the camera's plaid, coming out. Flannel. Oh, excuse me. The plaid. Plaid looks good on you though. Yeah, but he's I got mean, a he's got a paramour in his life that will not want that. I was told by a the head of photography at NFL Media that you know be ready for the cameras to be there because these pictures could end up on a wall at NFL Network. So what are you wearing? I don't know. Daddy, I don't. Daddy might have to hit up Banana Republic. Just <laughs> might have to get a new shirt. Certainly need one. Maybe this is the occasion. I mean, I, I've got about five or six to choose yeah. from, like most of us in here. So I don't. It's not going to be that spectacular. You're going to Banana Republic to buy a shirt for this. I go to BR, and but Wes is the one to keep an eye on here because Wes has the man cannon to choose from. You have several uh, of these shirts, these uh, plaid shirts. You have the shirts that your paramour kind of put on you, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, I, I used to have my own style. Now it's borrowed. So maybe all right. This will be. Aren't you guys interested? It almost will be a peek into where Wes's relationship is. Mm. Uh, what shirt he'll be wearing tomorrow? I would say that this shirt might be the most loathed, loathed shirt <laughs> in my collection, according to the Paramore. It's a great shirt. I like the shirt. I like it. I too. think it's Wes. We're gonna tweet it out. Okay. Here we go. Uh, what are uh, the draft fits you want to see? Is the talking point right now uh the draft is a couple weeks away so uh let's go around and talk about it uh and uh chris i'm gonna start with you actually Mm. i want to hear the man in the orange plaid shirt what he has to say what is a draft fit that he would love to see in 2017 well we talked about this on network hit uh tuesday about the 2004 draft class philip rivers ben roethlisberger eli manning wouldn't it be smart for all of those teams, and in my opinion, especially the Giants, to get a quarterback in a draft where the best quarterbacks are expected to fall because they're not going to be ready for a year or two or three years? So I think uh, I would like to see Patrick Mahomes on the New York Giants. That would be a fit that I like. I think Mahomes, and yeah, we don't dig into tons of draft stuff, draft prospects, but his name's his name's been rising steadily and he's an he's an interesting guy super strong arm I think any team that would that needs a quarterback if you were if you were if it wasn't one of those top five picks and you ran into him it would be very interesting the Giants I could see the fit I don't know if they need to go invest super high this year if I'm the Giants but you are not an Eli Manning believer and you see that career arc ending so well in point of fact he held that team back last year so if you see yourself as a championship-caliber defense and the surrounding town on offense is right there too, it makes sense for some protection in a Jimmy G kind of way where if your quarterback goes sideways, not only are you protected, if he gets hurt, you're protected, but 
uh, an extended slump you might have to turn to some. I think you got to get in front of it. You can't wait. You can't wait around till the point where you need a quarterback because then you're the Browns or the Texans or the Bears paying too much for Mike Glennon or the Rams giving up way too much for Jared Goff. I think quarterbacks are so much more valuable than the entire rest of the team that what the Patriots have done, maybe it'll start a trend. Like take, They've taken three guys in the first three rounds during the last, what, seven or eight years, Mallet, Garoppolo, and Brissett, and that's the way to do it. you got to plan ahead, and it's okay if you blow on the pick. Ooh, oh. slice me off a piece of that Jake brisket. It's you, you blow on a lot of picks. You blow on half, you mess up half your picks anyways. So if you have a one in three chance of finding a quarterback that you end up really liking, like a Jimmy Garoppolo, those guys are so valuable that the Patriots won't even trade him. And, that, and, that's, and that's why I think that the Steelers, it makes a lot of sense for them as well to make a, to make a move here because, yeah, nobody was buying into Ben Roethlisberger retiring this year. And he probably won't retire next year. And he might not even retire the year after that. But, you know. It's good to have somebody waiting in the wings, somebody you could develop. So if you can trade up, let's say that if the Steelers traded up into the top of the second round and, and got one of these, like one of the first quarterbacks off the board, I don't think it means that the Steelers think it's uh, that ben, Big Ben's going to follow through on his threat. I think they, they're being smart, just like the Patriots are smart, and they're, re, they're reaping the benefits of that. My, my only caution is that it was accepted months ago that there just is not a premier quarterback in this draft on any level. And good teams, good teams should just draft quarterbacks. Bad teams draft quarterbacks every year. I'd be fine taking a quarterback every season for the sake of you never know when you're going to hit on someone up in the middle rounds. But the idea that Rivers, Manning, and Big Ben, who all were picked in the top 11 picks in 2004, and it should have been one, two, and three if you look what's happened, that give me a break. There's not an obvious heir apparent to these guys. It's no. still a, it's still a complete Nobody question knows, mark. Though. Yeah. It might not be a first round, but pick. next year's class has, but, a, is by I mean, at this Gar- point it seems much, much deeper. And Garoppolo right. was a late second round pick. I, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, Andy Dalton was a second round pick. I think it could be a third round pick. Maybe it's not even the, the top names that we're hearing about. I think it's just, you start making some investments. What you said wasn't exactly what we heard about the quarterbacks. It wasn't there were there weren't any good ones. It was that the best quarterbacks are not ready to play right now. So in that sense, I think it makes a I think it makes a lot of sense for a guy who's got talent but won't be ready to play for a couple of years. It, it does make sense for these. Teams. I have no problem swinging on a quarter like it, it over and over and over. That position should be as deep as you can make it, but. I just don't. I don't think any of these teams are saying the heir apparent is here, and maybe that's that's not the guess, argument. But I guess the counter to that is just because people are talking at this stage that there isn't a franchise quarterback in the in this group of names, it doesn't mean that that's true. I mean, that. you never know if you if one of these teams trusts their in-house guys and they and the Steelers have secretly fallen in love with some of these guy, one of these guys, or the Giants, or the Chargers, or whoever, you know. Garoppolo is a perfect power, example. More power to him. I'm just saying, I don't. I, if if you're looking for someone this year to be the guy, you're right. you're in the, just the same situation as all these teams no. in the top five, six, seven that probably aren't going to take quarterbacks. I mean, these teams have to realize, looking at quarterbacks, that those guys don't really happen. And if they do, only the top, you know, two people, two teams get to take them anyways. I mean, even great, very good rookie quarterbacks like Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, like they could have used, it wouldn't have hurt them, I don't think necessarily, to sit out their rookie season. It's not like they're lighting the world on fire. And those are the best of the very best. The whole position could use more patience. I mean, I think we are seeing some bad teams burn through quarterbacks that go on to play. I'm not saying they're starters, but they go on to have eight, nine more years in the league. 
and they're mildly productive because they burnt out as first and second round picks where there's too much pressure and then coaches are getting fired. Like the whole position, you look at how quarterbacks were groomed 25, 30 years ago, it was completely different. Um, Greg, what do you want to see? What I want to see, yeah, I like running backs. Running backs, fun position to watch. Yeah, bro. Makes the team a little more interesting. Yeah, and bro. there's there's two teams out there picking towards the top of the draft. And I'm not breaking any uh, news here that they might be looking at running back. But what I would really like to see, number one, the Carolina Panthers use their number one pick on a running back. Take off some heat off of Cam Newton. Make that offense more fun to watch. Again, if Leonard Fournette fell there, that just seems like a perfect fit. We don't know if he's going to get that far. Because the other team that I'm thinking about is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I want to watch these Jaguars. I want them to be fun. And this running back class is great at the top. Fournette could fit in Jacksonville. Maybe it's Dalvin Cook. Maybe it's McCaffrey. I don't really know like how it's going to shake out. But seeing those two of those three names fall to those two teams, I think it's going to make those two teams more fun to watch. And especially the Panthers I, I'm with you, Wes. You you picked them as a as a potential NFC power sleeper last week, and I think they could get back there with just a couple fun moves, and this would be one of them. I'd like to see them trade ahead of the Jaguars Woo! take Leonard Fournette. That would be great. I love the fit that you got a you got a quality running back in Jonathan Stewart who no longer has big playability. If you start mixing in Leonard Fournette, and now you've got a guy who's compared to a young Adrian Peterson. You're lighting defenses on fire. I, I have a hard time disagreeing with the, the fit. The Panthers absolutely need it, and don't get too smart. I'll throw in another team, and Greg, you're not going to like to hear this, but you have to understand that it's not personal. We're talking sports. It's not something to take too seriously. Okay? I'm going to preface it. Okay? Okay. It's Let's time making eyes at you. It's time. Oh, is that what that was? I don't know. It's time for the Colts to do better than Frank Gore. Uh, oh yeah. And, oh, how dare you? And, and you want to talk about taking heat off somebody? I talked to Greg in the huddle about this. About well, how, how's that Colts O line going? And like, ah, if you're a Colts fan, you're kind of talking yourself into it a little bit. So okay, then I won't. I won't. I won't pound the table for them to get a, a, a top tackle, which we might not have any in this draft anyway. So how about the Colts get aggressive? And they've tried before. Mark, you might remember the Colts trying before to find their solution in the backfield, uh, calling up the Cleveland Browns. Uh, that didn't work out with Trent Richardson. But how about they get aggressive, get Fournette in there, let Frank Gore, who had a nice 1,000-yard season but didn't even average four yards a carry. Uh, let's be fair, he's 34 years old. Uh, and, you know, let's make, some, let's make some magic and give Andrew Luck some help back there. Wes, you had something nice on your paper, too. I've got McCaffrey to the Colts. Sir. Oh, oh, oh. I think it's coming from a scientist, too, Greg. That, this, that's got to bother you. Frank Gore has had a fine career, but he's a liability at this stage. You need a playmaker. The L word. Yes. Well, what he did was help plug a hole that they needed with professionalism and solid <laughs> production. He should not be their lead running back at this point. Of course, he's 34 years old. What they got out of him last year is a lot better than any of you jackals <laughs> expected when you were panning that. I like uh, Cecily getting it, grouped into this. It, it worked out for them. You know, it worked out fine for them, but I don't have any problem. Yes, he, he would probably be better off with, with less carries. I'd imagine the Colts would fully agree. They can't have yes. big plans for Frank Gore this right. season. And their backup right now is who? Robert Turbin. Robert Turbin. So you I mean, trust the Colts with anything? I do they trust the Chris Ballard. Chris Give. Ballard, I think, has a much better take on what to do with this team. He's got Give something. 
<laughs> what does uh, that mean? Give him a chance. I like what we've seen out of old uh, Ballard so far. Oh, yeah? Does Is that it? include what you saw at the combine? I'm saying He's got a I cotton like candy his, machine. I, I like his that. moves. What I like his moves mean? so far. I don't know what is what is happening. And who know who knows with these running backs? Part of the reason I thought of the Jaguars was because I was watching some TJ Yeldon uh tape for I'm sorry. for for a piece. Yeah. And he Double was bread. he was supposed to be someone that was like, "Oh, that's the safe running back." Like, you know, plug and play. Maybe he's not great, but that's the safe running back. So you never know with these guys. Um I'll got to get rid of him. I'll throw one out there. And I want you know, you talk about my team. And the New York Jets, you know, they have not taken a player on offense in the first round since 2009. Mark Sanchez, number five overall. They traded up to get Mark, and it looked like it was going to work out for a couple of years, and then it did not. Uh, and ever since then, every single year, they have gone defense, 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 which, you know, tells you a lot about the, their, their internal structuring that they now, in, after eight straight years of doing that, they don't have a great defense. Uh, and their offense is stripped bare. So that's why, and I love when Move the Sticks brought it up as a possibility on Path to the Draft uh, I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. <laughs> Pipe down, Daniel. Um, the the idea of O.J. Howard, uh, the, the Alabama tight end, to the Jets uh, with the sixth overall pick, and that is the area where Howard's going to go. He's going to go top ten, it sounds like. And if you watched him at all, and I my watching of him extended not further than the college football playoffs – but I could tell you that this is exactly the type of game changer that the Jets desperately need right now, especially after um, they got rid of Brandon Marshall. And I think Eric Decker is going to go, too, the way if you read the tea leaves about where this team is going and where Decker probably wants to go in his age 31 season. Um, uh, the Jets need to start building around somebody. They're going to, in an ideal world, I think the Jets play things um, conservatively at the quarterback position this year. We've talked about that scam for Sam and looking ahead to a better draft class. But while you're doing that, you while you're waiting there patiently, you could start to build the offense and getting OJ Howard at tight end, an offensive player at a position the Jets have ignored like no other team, maybe in NFL history in the last couple of years. Uh, Chan Gailey had no need for a tight end, uh, historically low level, low levels of production in recent years. Get Howard in there, start remaking this offense and you get a top flight tight end. And away they go. You are right about ignoring the position. I, I Looking up and down the tight end rosters of every single team, I can't find one with a worse lineup than the Jets. With three guys that I would say, outside of us, Austin Safari and Jenkins, who flamed out in Tampa Bay, three other guys who have no name recognition at all. Right. The average fan would never have heard of the other three tight ends they And have. for a year it worked, by the way. The Jets had... I think six catches total at a tight end in 2015, and they were a top 10 offense in the whole league. But then when things didn't click the way they were hoping last year, it once again was it seemed like they were playing in another generation uh, with one hand tied behind their back. I like that one. I believe that would be the highest a tight end has been drafted since the Browns drafted Kellen Winslow over Big Ben 13 years ago. And before that, I don't think there about was About Vernon a, Davis. Where did he go? Six. I think. Okay. But right but he was right he was a year or two after Winslow. It, you're you're absolutely right. When was the last time a tight Ebron yeah. went tenth, but the last two years is it? Like there hasn't been any tight ends that people are getting excited about. For a tight end to have this much hype, you know he's gotta be pretty excited. And the tight end is one position where it, we've done this with making the leap and other stuff where 
Year one often does not go well for tight ends. You're not going to get That's big correct. production. But that may have even worked for the Jets to some degree. You don't have your quarterback yet. You don't. You've you've There's got no rush. You, exactly. You've gutted everything. He has a little time to grow. You have a time to get your next quarterback in there, and then the production will grow with the quarterback. But it, if everything goes well, this is the Jets, so we have no knowledge right. of that. When they bring back Geno, <laughs> um, he is the answer in New York. After Eli, by the way. Uh, Mark, why don't you talk about your favorite team? Well, they're on the ropes uh, uh, with that title because there are reports now <laughs> that, well, no, I am genuinely annoyed with, with what's coming out. And We believe that. Barring it being some sort of, uh, you know, strategy to confuse teams, which I just simply don't believe it is. Adam Schefter reporting yesterday that the Browns are, you know, he's being told they're no lock to take Miles Garrett at number one, that there's argument inside the building and argument inside the Browns front office or inside the complex in Cleveland has been an ongoing theme for two decades at this point. So it's tiresome to anyone that is latched onto that club on any level. And listen, at the owners meetings, Hugh Jackson came out strongly in favor of taking Miles Garrett. It's just a, one of these home run picks. And if you get it wrong, nobody can blame you for taking Miles Garrett. It is a head and tails above the rest type of athlete and you don't mess around. You don't get too smart. And you have to wonder where the opposition's coming from. Is it the front office that's thinking too hard about taking a quarterback? Well, I was just talking with Connor Orr downstairs, who is a Browns fan as well. Right? You passed up on Carson Wentz last year, who was an ideal quarterback, I thought, for the AFC North. So your answer this year would be to come back around and skip on Miles Garrett and say what? You take Mitch Trubisky, who is a much lesser I'd say prospect than, than Carson Wentz. What are you doing at that point? You cannot outsmart yourself. You have got to take this player and never look back. And you know what? I don't even think you have to go quarterback at number 12. You take Garrett, and then you go get the best safety available, the best other defensive players. Start to build a defense that Greg Williams can build around. How do you tell the Greg Williams, who you pulled to Cleveland, we are passing on Miles Garrett potentially for one of these quarterbacks? You know I don't believe in any of these quarterbacks personally to go number one overall. Nobody does. DJ doesn't even have one in his latest mock He's going not alone. until a lot number 25. Nobody in the first round, a lot it's, of experts. It's just an unbelievable – you have the ammunition. You got all this ammunition. You can't keep all these draft picks. Then you move up from number 12 to number five or number four if you want to get a quarterback then ahead of, in theory, the Jets. That's your one issue. Absurdity. I agree totally, Mark, and I, I had that written down as well. Don't blow this, Browns. I know they, they are feeling good about themselves right now after uh, the Osweiler trade and, and some of the positive buzz that brought about how they're different thinking than everyone else. But, geez, if this guy's as good as everyone says it, say is, and if you do that, if you get cute and you go analytics and you trade out of that pick and then and then Miles Garrett turns into like a, a J.J. Watt-level disruptor, how could you be a Browns fan? Come in off the ledge, Browns fans. This is line season, smokescreen season, posturing season. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm believing every rumor about what the Browns plan to do at number one when the obvious move is probably the one that's going to happen. Well, you're – I hope you're right, and you and and you're right that it's not it's not time to overreact. I that's how I'm built with this team, but <laughs> but it is the first hint that we've heard of of discord between true discord between the coach and the front right. office, and you have to ask where that came from. Adam Schefter is talking to someone, and it's not people outside the team. I would imagine that's not where his source. Right, that would, I would that would be the biggest concern for right. me because Mike Silver tweeted about that. 
you know, he kind of tweeted around it, but he said he didn't buy the presumption that Hugh wants a quarterback. And obviously Mike Silver, uh, if you don't watch NFL Network, is known to be very tight with Hugh Jackson. So he's kind of putting it out there that, that it's not necessarily Hugh that wants the quarterback. And they have that number 12 pick. I mean, to me, the ideal situation is if you really do like Trubisky, you sit there. You might not have to trade up. You just sit there and take absolutely. Um, and Wes is absolutely right. It is lying season. But Mark and Browns fans, and frankly, anyone else that follows the game closely knows that the Browns know how to mess things up. They overthink this. So stuff. when you hear see a report like this, you think to yourself, yeah, this could be a smokescreen, but this is the Browns, and it makes you think. It, it made me think, are they trying to get, you know, San Francisco, who's at two, Mm. Have they, you know, there's been I some, the same some talk about maybe they like Trubisky and they're trying to get get them to just move up one pick. Who knows? This they, might be the most upset I've seen Mark about the Browns since they refused to sign Chris Carter's son. <laughs> well, look, when you're on the when you're at the bottom of the league, you're looking for anything. I'm trying to do anything to get to, to get the team a spark, especially when your best wide receiver can't stay on the field, can't stay in the NFL. How about I mean, Mark was on point with that. They they ended up going one and fifteen after passing up on Duran. <laughs> That's Carter. true. I, <laughs> no, that was two seasons ago. Also, <laughs> I will say the most anger I've seen Mark about the Browns was after they won their game. Well, and it, you know what? It's a <laughs> lesson that hey, so you get the number one pick and you have a chance. Like I said, maybe it's not a quarterback, but a generational talent at number one. And now, had they been at number two and someone else took Miles Garrett, and you get that there's other good players, but you get the number two. You're wondering what Miles Garrett will become. If you're at one and you pass on him, what is right. happening here? What is happening with this team? This isn't Eric Fisher and Luke Jokel trying to decide who no. to take number one. Apparently, this dude is nasty. Yeah, there, there's, let it ha- there's two Don't more listen weeks. to Bill Barnwell. There's two more weeks. Just figure it out. Get your headspace together, people, and get this thing done. That's- I don't care if there's debate in the building, but give me a break. Sashi. You, you threatened belligerent activities upon this organization no, in, I, in our meeting. What I, what I threaten <laughs> is total ambivalence. Uh, we can't even read the quote that, he, that Mark <laughs> uttered I in, s- in the production meeting. Well, that's that's something I would say to anything all the time. I said I would on a second comment. I said I would drop kick someone in the face. So if that happens, <laughs> you better want to be sitting near me when um, that pick goes. Sashi, do not listen to Bill Barnwell. Sashi, <laughs> he is a respected writer. I love reading his stuff, uh, but don't do it. I like all these guys. Get it together and not, get, make the right pick. I like Sashi. Good. I like Hugh Jackson. Just get it done. It's not good when you know Bill Barnwell who who were fans have had to, you know, release a Twitter statement saying I do not work for the Browns. <laughs> I mean, after spec after some honestly I- there, outrageous, silly speculation by a fellow ESPN employee. It's too much. It's too much for many of these fans to bear at this point. If this doesn't go well, you're going to start. This is a very loyal fan base. There's two other good teams in that town. Attention's going to start to go elsewhere. Um. All right. We good. All right. Hey, we said on the. Um, uh, at the beginning, I believe, of Wednesday's show or Monday's show, I should say, that there was some controversy uh, during WrestleMania three, and it, it revolved around cornhole. And I didn't want to bring up the person by name because it was so hot, it was so controversial, uh, and frankly, uh, you know, some people would call it deplorable what happened uh, on the boards. But then this individual, Wes, approached you privately in the office today. And what happened without naming names yet? 
he approached me and said that if we wanted to have him on the podcast to discuss the incident heard around the competitive sports world, the competitive parlor games yeah. world, he would be happy to come in and, and speak about it with us. The corn toss heard around the world. Uh, and and now here he is. He's behind the glass. He put on the headset. He took Sid's headset, a headset he's familiar with because he is the producer of the uh, Fantasy Live podcast here at NFL.com. He is Alex Gelhar. Uh, Alex, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. Thank you for, for having me, heroes. It is, uh, <laughs> it is good to be here, but I believe you changed the name of the play in question from Saturday. What was, what was it on? Was that? it not the shot not heard around <laughs> the world? <laughs> All right. So let me give a little background on the throw. So it was corn. It was Wes and I uh, facing off against uh, Alex Gelhar and John Gonzalez. Who, who, is, who is Greg? I don't. Who is that guy? I don't know that guy. <laughs> Connie, Connie, Mark, the husband know. of Connie Fox. Yeah, and a, 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 a talented writer in his own right. Absolutely, and all that. Anyway, so Wes and I had jumped out to uh, an eighteen-six lead, game to twenty-one. Uh, but in cornhole, if you know the game, it's not over till it's over. And uh, Alex was making his final throw of the round. Uh, I believe there were three Chris Wessling bags circling the hole. And there was a Alex Gelhar bag that was kind of on the lip of the hole. And this is Wes. Now I'll throw it, it to half you. Half in. It half in. in. Wes, I'll throw it to you in terms of strategy here. Um, what was the right play for Alex facing a 12-point deficit? Need to, to mention I had two in the hole already, too. Right. So. This, is, yes. this is what really got me hot and bothered. <laughs> First of all, one of my primary cornhole philosophies is you never worry about the other guy's back. You're good enough that you can hit your own bag in. And Alex's bag was right on the lip, right in the right-hander's alley. So where he, if he hits it in the right angle, he can get four in the hole, which we call a Jumanji. Right. Which puts you in that day's Hall of Fame for Cornhole. You, you don't see a Jumanji every day in Cornhole. All four bags in the hole. Not only you don't do see you, a, a that day Hall of Fame too often. Either. <laughs> not only do you woodshed me on that throw, you get a Jumanji and put you and your teammate right back in the game. To me, it was the only throw you what, could possibly okay. make. And just to set it up one more time, 18-6. Let's assume, I don't remember, but let's assume Wes had one in the hole and three on the board. If Gelhard Jumaji's there, four times three is 12 points, four, eight-point differential. Well, he and had, all of a sudden, he would, uh, it would have been a six-point differential because he had point. three on the board and one in. Right. So if I if I hit it perfectly, we gained six. Now you're 18-12. to 12 if Now you're 18-12, right. So what happens? Gelhar. Gelhar tosses the bag like 10 feet away from the board away to the board and then shakes his head he goes nah it was uh, not gonna risk it now I have to say in the moment the world exploded at that moment I I defended the move because (laughs) Gonzo and I we played you guys in a tough game one yes and we were in this one Uh, Gonzo was starting to get his throw I had just hit it I didn't want to risk it because while Wes said had I hit it perfectly could have Jumanji would have been great. But you guys were also sitting at 18. If I hit it improperly, we lost. Uh, However, this is all. No, no, no that was. details matter. None of these details matter. <laughs> I, I have what sense... kind of life do you want to live? Do you want to live a life where you just throw the bag off to the side? Oh, I'll see you later. I'll just lose by a little now, less. What kind of life is that? It's not a good one, let me tell you, in the days since uh, WrestleMania. <laughs> right. Because, well, what, uh, what's going on since then? Well, no, as, as, I've, as I've thought about it, we, Dan, Dan aptly described it as Mike McCarthy in Seattle, so I've had to relive that horrific game as a Green Bay fan every day. 
day. It's also akin to Andy Reid taking a fourth quarter timeout with roughly five or six minutes left in the game that he may or may not lead. Yet lead another later. comparison: Donovan McNabb throwing up on the field yeah. at the Super Bowl. So what it was is uh, I was realizing, you know, and it goes against all of my philosophies. I was on the road against an elite opponent, one who was better than me. I should have taken the chance. I should have gone for the win. But you know, when you're when you're in the moment, when you're when you're coaching on the field, it's a little different than when you're watching the game from the comforts of the NFL newsroom. So. My heart goes out to those coaches in those times, but I should have made the throw. <laughs> aren't aren't are you a little concerned? And it sounds like this has appropriately, you know, caused some self reflection. Are you at <laughs> are you uh are you at all concerned uh that this was a La Raville Magnifico? Ooh. No, no, or no. I don't I don't think it was. I think uh I think I overestimated. So not not a lot of self reflection. <laughs> no, there was. There was a lot. But uh, as I said, it uh, it was Alex, a momentary. You can go ahead less. and hit the La Raville Magnifico. So I'll, I'll hit it. Well, yeah. this board is a mess. Hands are tied. There it is. This you know is a much more intense board than uh, what we have. Well, I would just like to let the record show that this this was never Monday morning quarterbacking. We were there was outrage on the spot. I believe I threw my hat down and started jumping on it. At oh yeah, it was. Uh, Greg it was, was as hot and bothered as anybody oh, watching. Yeah. It was yeah. widespread. Was very if it makes you feel better. I, I don't even remember when this <laughs> happened, and I had a delightful time. I mean, true to form with all those coaches that we've compared it to as well, Gonzo and I did mount somewhat of a comeback, but we ultimately it, lost, you know. You did. And that almost makes it a little more painful in a way because had you maybe been aggressive and then got hot, you could have stole the game. But instead, when you got hot, you were still down three or four points. Exactly. And then we closed that. But I'll tell you what. You were, and that made it more fun, frankly, uh, you were adamant that you had uh, had been strategizing properly when you decided to throw the ball. Too risky. Bag out of too risky. <laughs> in in my defense, too, I uh, it wasn't risky. That's while like- no no no. While it was a much more measured WrestleMania, as you said, uh, Matt Harmon and I had come from LA Beer Fest beforehand downtown. So also, you were I believe you were out throwing me for most of the day. I, I had been at least in the first game. I think you overtook me in the second game. But- so. My point is, is that you have now come around and you understand uh, the foibles. And I, I believe that you are a very good player, Alex. I Thank would put you, you. I appreciate that. I would, I would put you a little bit behind myself. Uh, <laughs> I would put myself behind you as well. In, but that is not a shot. I think you're well ahead of anyone else. I think you are firmly in the top three now. And what we need is a good, a true fourth. I have to say, I wanted to take this chance to apologize to Gonzo. Hopefully he hears this part of the podcast when Colleen's getting ready in the morning. He was but, shook uh, like Cam Newton last he, year. He was <laughs> <laughs> Gonzo, Gonzo had some had some good tosses in that day, you know. He we, did. We, we at least kept those games fair. competitive with you guys. That's fair. I, apologies to He Gonzo. was pretty much like the Packers defense watching going, what is this guy doing? <laughs> um, Gonzo wakes up every morning. He told me this at about 11.30 a.m. And then a few hours later takes a nap. He is doing fine. He could care less about <laughs> any of these parlor game intrigues. Yeah. It's fair He's point. got dogs, not kids. It's a, it's a nice life that Gonzo's carved out for himself. In Southern California. All right, Alex. That was good. That was yeah, good to I, talk it out. I felt the uh, the listeners knowing how much they care about WrestleMania. I mean, we had somebody show up one year to <laughs> WrestleMania. Uh, I felt they should know the truth. And being the the one on the opposite side of that, I thought I should come in and explain myself and how I've been. Uh, you know, I've been like Mike McCarthy sipping coffee at uh, Lambeau <laughs> Field every day after, wondering if I wondering if I screwed it up. A stand up guy, Alex Gelhar. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, we look forward to the next time we can get on the boards. And see what's the next chapter in a, a budding rivalry, potentially. I'm excited. <laughs> I like this. All right. That's it.
that's it for today's show. We'll be back on uh, Thursday uh, with a video show. Make sure uh, you check it out, streaming 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we will also have we have another guest coming in on Thursday. We're going to have a lot of fun. So check out the video show and the audio show will land as well. Uh, and uh, that's it. We got to go. We got to do a network hit. So it's time to say bye. Streaming at 9 p.m. Eastern. Like I already that. said that. So much responsibility on the listener. Dan Hans is signing off for the Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, new money, and Gelhar behind the glass. Till Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.